This is a HeadGum Podcast. Oh, we can turn the heat. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Eat up if you wanna, you can turn the lights down if you wanna. Just wanna move ya, but you froze up. That's why I'm saying, let me break the ice. Allow me to get you right. Let me warm you up to me. Baby, I can make you feel hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Wow, that was my very bad rendition of Break the Ice by Brittany. Honestly, hold on. I think I can do that better. Let me break the ice. Allow <laughs> me to get you right. Oh. Let you warm up to uh, me. Wait, that's, it's that. It's it's real. The phrasing is crazy. Can I do it? Yeah. Let me break the ice. Ooh. Allow me to get you right. Yes. Would you warm up to me, baby? I can make you feel. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. Very rare that I allow my guest to sing. No, no, no. It was it, it had to happen. I, I felt like I was invited. You were absolutely okay. you were invited because that it was it was crazy phrasing. But I, I, I I'm saying like that was perfectly that was the, a perfect interpretation of the lyrics. Thank you. you. Well, thank you. That was my interpretation of "Break the Ice" by the one, the only Britney Spears. And you know, before I introduce my guest, I'm gonna just tell you what year we're in. We're back in 2008, honey. And according to USA Today, I'm gonna tell you eight pop culture moments from 2008 you won't believe happened 10 years ago. Obviously, this was published in 2018, darling dear, because it is not 10 years ago now but you know what Britney Spears makes a comeback that's the first thing that they say Britney Spears made the comeback you know we we she needed a win she came back strong with her sixth album Circus yes huge Circus was huge Circus was big um what was that song um but you don't try to find I, I know just just what you are. Yeah. Yes, yes. Obviously, the Twilight movie saga begins. We've talked about Twilight extensively on the pod, but huge, huge for me. I don't. I'll ask you if that was huge for you. And then you know we've said this before, but we're gonna say it again. Beyonce and Jay Z get married. Congrats. Angelina and Brad have twins. Sex in the City movie comes out. Yes. <gasps> the controversial um, Annie Leibovitz cover of Miley Cyrus. Remember when she was like wet on a boat in the in the um, in like the sheet, and everyone yes. freaked out when yes. everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like she's being, you know, it's so You're slutty. Like I'm pulling it up because it, in hindsight. Yes. In hindsight, it's like, this is what we all freaked out about. She looks like the fucking grudge. Yeah, I mean, what's more upsetting is that she looks like the grudge, not the skin she's showing. I think this was back before you could say, when you could say she looked like an Asian ghost. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Looking yes. like fucking Alexander Wang. Um. Speaking of Asian ghosts. I <laughs> 
High School Musical 3 <gasps> comes out, which we're, I'm going to ask if that was your culture because High School Musical was culture for people. Absolutely. I'll, but we'll, we'll get, into, we'll get it. into it. And then, of course, Dark Knight, which we bring up constantly on the show. Huge, huge, huge stunning. And those are kind of the, those are what USA Today is recommending as the top co- pop culture moments of 2008. And I'm going to say, you know what? I agree. Uh, those are all really solid. There's not one thing on that list that, I, that I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, there's not one thing where I'm like, disagree. disagree. You know? Yeah. Um. So I know that you're wondering, who is this voice that I'm hearing? Where were we in 2008? Who are we in 2008? And I'm here to let you know that my gorgeous guest on Senior Superlatives today is none other than Bowen Yang. And we are in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Mile High. Mile High City. City. Before weed was legal. Before weed was legal. So I didn't even, I mean, I started smoking weed in high school and I I feel like Denver is a great place to, um, sort of begin your weed journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's no better place. I just didn't realize. I feel like there was just, I moved right as um, things got very cool there. Because like, you moved from Montreal. Moved from Montreal. And before that, Australia. Before that, Australia. And that was it. Real, like, you are a global citizen. Honey. Honey. <laughs> and I still don't, I'm still on the wait list for global entry, if you can believe it. Really? Those girls won't let me Skip custom. Wait, that is um, paging anyone listening to the pod that works in global entry. Hello. Someone has to help you in lo- a lost culture. A reader has to help rectify that if situation. If a reader works at Homeland Security, I, yeah. guess, I don't know. Or, you know, I don't um, know. There's definitely someone that works near Homeland Security. Hmm, perhaps. <laughs> Some adjacency there. So, Bowen, you know, as the start of every app, I gotta know, like... Do a little picture painting for me. Who were you? What was going on? What was the vibe? What was the style? Did you have an evolution? Were you in a clique? Were you a sport person? Just kind of who was Bowen Yang in high school? Yes, this is great. There's like so much was happening. And I feel like I entered high school kind of, um, you know, what's the word? I entered high school guileless mm-hmm. sort of innocent mm-hmm. what behind the years still from middle school yeah but i will say i left eighth grade feeling like i was in my prime mm. which no one ever feels in, in the eighth grade i felt that way you felt that way? okay great maybe this is more common than i than i think i, I a lot of people don't feel in their prime. Like middle school yes. here's the thing i had a reverse situations uh-huh. middle school was amazing was like I was like hot shit in middle uh-huh, school. Uh-huh. And then it like flip-flopped for me. I would say probably something similar happened to me. Middle school, I I was truly so, so, so powerful. Yeah. And then <laughs> freshman, sophomore, beginning of junior year, I like was sort of licking my wounds, feeling very embarrassed about my about this new sort of positioning and mm-hmm. And society and the microcosm of society that is high school. And then by senior year, I was like, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then that was kind of a nice note to, to leave on. Yeah. But um, entered high school guileless and then left high school um, just ready to get out, but still very grateful for my time. I was one of those kids, and I think this is very common, um, who was just like 
wanted to be friends with the older kids. So that by the time I was a senior and I was like the older kid, I was like, but wait a minute. I was friends with all the older kids. And where are they now? They're all in college. That doesn't make any sense. I was the same. Yeah. yeah. And I felt very like, ugh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be part of this. Yeah. I want to move up to the next level where I'm around people who are like always going to be like aspirational to me and they will always be present in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and then New York ended up being the best place for that. So that's my little, that's my mini synopsis. I love that. Mm-hmm. So was your high school particularly clicky? Like, was and was it big? It was big. It was a big public high school in Aurora, Colorado, in suburban Denver. Um, 2,400 kids, so like 600 kids per class. Very clicky. People in sports. Um, this was, you had like the jocks and the cheerleaders. But there would be like some like overlap. Like it was, it was a bunch of Venn diagrams that kind of like made a pinwheel. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you'd have jocks who were like also nerds who were in this program called International Baccalaureate. Oh yeah, the IB program. IB. So I was IB. Mm -hmm. Um, We had AP at my school, but Uh I know there were other schools in DC that were IB IB. schools. Exactly. And like, what was the reputation for IB schools? That was like, like you were extra nerdy? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like, I think the only IB school that I knew off the top of my head was this school in DC called WIS, which is Washington International School. That's and kind of a chic name. Okay, WIS kids were very chic. Okay. Because usually you were not like American. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Usually you were an international student yes. and you came and like you know, uh, the Whisk kids were very cool to me. Yeah. Very eclectic mix of people. Uh, very interesting, fashionable points of view. Yes. Parents that did really cool things that weren't just like necessarily like lawyers or something uh, like that. I don't know. So I always thought that they were very chic. That sounds chic. Like, and they had the IB program. And they IB had IB? was chic to me. IB was not chic whatsoever Uh especially my class my year ib was like not cool people so boring i i I went to this like very like very capital mc middle class public school which i love i loved um but i remember like the year above me and then my sister's year she was two years older than me all those all those ib kids i was like those are cool fucking kids Mm. anyway um i just kind of like it was that feeling of like i don't want to be part of a club that would have what's that saying I don't want to be a part of a club that wouldn't have me as a member. Yeah. It's kind of that thing. Wait, you're saying I don't want to be a part of a club that would have that me would as, have me as yeah, a member. Yeah, that would have me as but a that member, yeah. That, in the way that that applies to like being in um, a high school class. Yeah. That's not in your control. Yeah. It's not like it's a club that's inviting you. It's just I happen to not really care too much. I mean, I, I had friends and I, li- and I hung out with people and I liked people. But when I thought about like overall the collective – of the class of 2008 at Smoky Hill High School, mm-hmm. which sounds like a movie Smoky set. Smoky Hill's it's, it's, cute. It sounds like a TV, like a made-up high school name, Smoky Hill. Um, but I was like, this class is not cool. It was not it. And then I actually hung out with, I would, on my lunch breaks, like go to the guidance counselor's office and talk really? to the, the receptionists there. <laughs> and just like, because they were cool and we all watched Grey's Anatomy and Desperate Housewives. And like on Mondays, we would like check in and like talk about the episodes. Um, but then they revealed to me at the end of my senior year that only, and this is not like this to me, this was a shocking statistic to me at the time. And now I like kind of see it for what it is, but they told me that only like 43% of our class was like going to a higher education institution. Wow. Even though like it was a good school, 
um, like the sort of proficiencies were like solid, but like our class was just like not into going to college. Wow. Which at the time I was like very judgmental about. And I was like, God, my class sucks. But now I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I can't like speak to like what everyone was going through. But it was um, the jocks would overlap with like the IB kids who would overlap with the theater kids who would overlap with like the step team kids Mm -hmm. who would overlap with like the palms and the cheerleaders and like the artsy kid. Like, like, like Like the cliques were very much in place and solidified to answer your question. And then you had like full on goths who were mostly in band and orchestra. Um, so yeah, it's like the, the layout, the lay of the land was very like, I would say it's pretty typical. Sounds like very like high school movie, high school movie, but like everyone secretly was a stoner, which I, which I kind of like, I didn't appreciate at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Did jocks and like cheerleaders like wear their little outfits to school? Yes. yes. Wow. If you were on the football team, we had a great soccer. Our football team sucked. It was like a very funny, like, Oh, this running bit, like decades long bit that like we've never won a football game. But our soccer team was like the state boys. Wow. Champion. Um, and so they were the stars. Wow. Weirdly, we, we were very soccer forward school. Love that. The cheerleaders would wear their their um outfits on Fridays. Yeah. Friday was like. Like a Friday Night Lights vibe. Yes. Like Jersey Day. Like, wow. You know, sports uniform day. And then like, you know, the rest of us would come to school and be like, oh, God. What was your style? What was my style? And were you playing sports? Sorry, that's a twofold. Yes. Question. Okay. I'll I'll answer in reverse order. Okay. I did JV tennis mm. my freshman year. I was so bad at it mm. that I left middle of the semester. When you, wow. you had to leave at the semester. Like you had to kind of fulfill a full semester. I was like, I'm so bad at this. This is not for me. We did a ladder and I was second to last i was not the worst person but you were and and honestly it's kind of worse being second last absolutely you know it's like just make me last just make me last so i can i i can wear the mantle yeah of being last yeah being the worst player on this team second worst <sighs> awful what it's like I you don't exist i might as well not exist yeah no one cares. No one cares. Whatever. Um, so that was the only sport <laughs> I played. And then I found a drama club at the end of freshman year. And okay. then that was like where I I stayed there for the rest of high school. But then my style was bad. I like had no style. It was like, you know, my parents were like very penny pinchy and then and frugal. And, um, you know, Kohl's was like the peak of mm. my style yeah but i remember wearing one corduroy blazer love like basically all four years of high school a disgusting brown corduroy blazer (laughs) from kohl's from kohl's and i would wear that to school most days and i would feel very bohemian it was right after so this oh no it was after sophomore year right after rent came out sure that i felt i felt like mark because i had glasses (laughs) and i wore a scarf in the winter and i had this corduroy jacket on and I was like, I'm in rent. So I'm you were rent. like blazer person. Yeah, blazer. Yeah, blazer person. Well, there's rent. always the person that wears the blazer. That was me. That was me. And I really, yeah, I think I like based my whole style around um, Anthony Rapp and, and rent. 
I went through a blazer moment myself where uh-huh. like I was obsessed with like blazers with elbow patches. That's chic. Very like professor vibes. We were, you were always fashion though, weren't you? Yeah. Like I loved, I loved dressing. Yes. Was it always good? No. I mean, I had some real flopperinos. But you had the intention to look nice. I never had that intention. I just didn't know what my identity was. And so I based it off of someone I saw in a movie once, you know? And I think that that's a very normal thing. And I also think that if you are raised in, if your parents aren't particularly like fashion driven people, like my mom had a full on shopping addiction. So like I also was raised in a different way where perhaps too much importance was placed on. The value was present. Yeah. So it's like they're kind of, they're maybe what was, what is best is a happy medium between us. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. And, you know, my mom, like, we were not allowed to wear sweatpants. We were not allowed uh-huh. to wear, like, um, workout clothes. Like, we needed to dress for planes. We needed to dress wow. for travel. Like, oh, it was amazing. very, like, formal like that, wow. you know? Structured. Structured. That's yeah. cool. That's yeah. really cool. We had none of that. <laughs> I mean, I remember being a kid and like seeing people at air. Remember when those um like Oreo cookie and like cloud print pajamas were really popular? Yes. Like all of those. It's very specific. <laughs> and like yes. rubber ducky pajamas oh were popular. Oh my God. I remember one day we, I, we were traveling. I don't remember where but i remember being in the airport and seeing a girl my age wearing those pajamas like on the plane, to get on the plane you were like what the fuck i was jealous uh-huh. i was just like um mom yeah, like yeah, yeah. why does she get to wear this like comfy uh-huh. little outfit do you still dress up for planes now yeah now it's like so deeply ingrained in really me. i mean dress up what does that mean i mean just like you I will show up and I'm wearing kind of like sweats right now. I will show up in sweats and a shirt. Like I, I don't. I dress down for planes so I can relax. No, I'm like, I'm like sick. Like I wear like no. jeans on planes. Like when I fly uh, to like fucking Chile, I'm wearing a full on jean. Wow. Which is stupid. No. Actually, on the trip back this time, I was like, I can't do it, and I wore like a cute little elasticy pants. It's so classy. It's so classy. And it's actually not it's actually not classist. It's one of those things that's classy but not classist. Like to wear something not fucking like loungy on a plane is so nice because it means that you have respect for tradition. You embrace tradition. <laughs> Reject modernity. Yeah, there we go. Embrace tradition. Embrace tradition. So when you speaking of tradition. Okay. Drama club. Yeah. I gotta know. Cause you know, uh-huh. Meg Salter was on the was yes. on the pod last week. Yes. And she was drama club. She like was drama her club. entire high school experience uh-huh. was made because of drama club. I would say the same. Except my drama club experience was like completely marred by the faculty. It always is. It always is. With those of us who like end up like taking it all the way into our adulthoods and, and like, try to make it our careers. Yes. There's always some authority figure or adult who like really fucking made it hell for you when okay. you were growing up. I, why? We need to do a psychological <laughs> profile yes, yes. of dr- high school drama teachers. Yes, yes. 
Mine hated me, uh-huh. never gave me opportunity. Same. Things that honestly have imprinted on me to Absolutely. this day. Absolutely. And when I'm being shooketh by this business sometimes, I'll be like, Laura was right. She was right. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I remember like, I remember on a sense memory level, this moment where Miss Wood told me a junior um, after I did not get a role in Barnum, this fucking garbage ass musical that she decided to put up. The Barnum and Bailey's musical? The Barnum and Bailey musical. Terrible. Um, she was telling, I was like, I just, I was like, Miss Wood, I just wanted to talk to you about maybe, about, I just wanted to get some clar- clarification on why um, I'm being relegated to the chorus again this year. Because by, by the time you're a junior, I feel like you're you, entitled to ask. You that. need to be booking. Like you when need you're, to be booking. <laughs> you need to be booking. Like an upperclassman not booking, something's wrong because a fate worse than death. Yeah, it is. And so I like straight up, like what, because all my friends like pumped me up. The night before being like, you need to go talk to Miss Wood. Yeah. This is unacceptable. Yeah. Like you've earned this. Like you have you have paid your dues. You've like understudied and you've done chorus stuff. You've done every play in between the musicals. Um, you should go talk to Miss Wood. Yeah. And Miss Wood, by the way, was the dance teacher at Smoky Hill, but she would fill she would fill in in the spring for the musical because she like that was like her like calling card. And like the drama teacher who was a new hire by the time I was a sophomore and the only one I worked with. His name is Mr. Brown, who's still at that school, I think, and like did an interview on the local news recently about how like wonderful I was and how much he loved me, which is bullshit. <laughs> well, my follow my follow up yeah. question was: Is everyone trying to glom on to you now that you're successful? No, no, no. Not ever, not everyone. Just um, Mr. Wood. Just uh, Mr. Brown. Just Mr. Brown. Miss Wood, I have not heard from. That's um, right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I hope she's doing well. I wish her all the best. Um, and then there's one other adult figure in this person who is actually like a benevolent, benevolent, like angel who like saved my life. Okay. But anyway, there's, is this interesting? But this, I, 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 I'm me in, like Meg is like a, a drama club. I, is this interesting? I'm, I'm in you're, you're, you're I'm on in. the edge of my seat. <laughs> I literally need to know more. Okay. I love, the reason why I do this podcast is because I love hearing the like origin story. the origin story and all the shit that like we, uh, experienced when we were like 15, 16, 17 and like how it still informs aspect of our psyche to this day. And then when I think about someone, the Dementor, if you will, (laughs) that was my high school drama teacher. Laura. Yep. Not but one opportunity given to me by her ever. And I knew I was a star. Yes. And not getting those opportunities like time and time again really made me not believe in myself. And we are little pieces of putty when we're that age that like, if you already are coming from a home where maybe your parents are really not wanting you to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you get that doubled down by someone at your educational institution, not wanting you to do it. Then you have to be thinking, okay, well these people who are older and wiser than me, like, must see everyone's telling me the same right. thing i'm not meant to do this hmm. right yeah oh that shit like i'm I, this is this has popped back up in therapy for me mm-hmm. like my therapist wants me to take an inventory of rejection <laughs> i mean my, i'm like okay well that this might be a lifelong project yeah 
a list that is infinite. <laughs> I wonder if I do it on my on the notes app or if I like write it down on on some tactile stuff. I think we need to do tactile. We need to do tactile. Because I think there's like a physical release that needs to happen. Yeah. Oh. So yes. who was the benevolent figure? Well, I will say the, the benevolent figure was this guy who was my calculus teacher. Okay. And he was also the assistant director at this improv theater downtown. Okay. So he was also like the funniest guy in the world. And he and I still keep in touch. His name Love. Was, at the time he was Mr. Holguin. Now he's Adrian. But he um, he was the one who sponsored and coached the improv group. Cool. And then you could only get on the improv group your sophomore year. You, 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 so the way it worked was you could audition. Auditions were in the spring. Mm-hmm. And the earliest you could audition as a freshman was the spring of your freshman year so that you could right. get on the next year. Got it. I tr- auditioned my freshman year, did not get on. Auditioned my sophomore year and got on. So that junior and senior year, I, I, I was in the improv group. So it was only half of high school for me. But th- that was the shift. Like I had drama club and I was just trying to survive for like a year and a half there. And then once I got like raptured up into the improv spaceship, I was like, I'm, this is where I'm staying. Cool. And then Mr. Holguin ended up directing my last show uh the last the, the play of my senior the, the spring play of my senior year which was like a thornton wilder play mm-hmm. and thank god it was him it was not so mr brown didn't give me a single opportunity miss wood only gave me chorus and there's there's so much to the miss wood story though i need to hear more okay so I, I was gonna say i remember the day she told me after this barnum castle went up that i like uh she, she like there was this new freshman who got a big part he was great brian black he's wonderful um, he was the son of the middle school drama teacher. Okay, Mr. so Black. kind of high school nepotism. Kind of, but but Brian was very talented. Sure. And he deserved, He, I think he deserved, you know, that casting. But Brian was talking to Miss Wood when I approached Miss Wood, and I was like, Miss Wood, I just wanted to, you know, get some clarity on why I didn't get a role as, a, as an upperclassman now, and I feel like I paid my dues and blah, blah, blah. And then she goes to me, something along the lines of, I don't remember exactly what she said, but something along the lines of, like, I've seen you audition enough times now and I've seen you perform enough times now to know that what you are doing in the the audition room is not comparable to what Brian is doing. Pointed to Brian and like fully like embarrassed the fuck out of me in front of this freshman. And who, who, like, I had nothing, like, I had no conflict with or anything. There was, there was no reason for her to, like, make me feel like I was being, like, in, like, acrimonious with him in any way. And I was like, wow. And then I, like, fucking quit the musical because I was, like, in IB. And I'm, like, by your junior year of IB, that's when shit gets crazy. And, like, she, this, this fucking idiot was literally, this woman was making us do like dances with little ladders where there would be one person in the center of a circle of, of a diamond of four people spinning around a little ladder and everyone had to jump up and down because it was the circus or whatever the fuck. And people were literally, were literally injuring themselves <laughs> because they would trip over the ladders. And then I was like, I was in rehearsals. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. And then, um, whatever, left, huge, huge, huge bridge burned with her. And then my senior year, the show that she wanted to put up was Anything Goes. Mm. And there are two she, – she wanted to do the version where there are two Chinese stowaways in the show. And weren't other, there weren't really other Asian people in drama club. 
So then she goes through the choir teacher who was on, who I was on good terms with. She went through him to have him beg me to forgive Miss Wood, quote unquote, so that I could like be relegated to another fucking bullshit part in her play. Just so she like wouldn't have to put someone in full fucking yellow face. That's this bitch insane. is nuts. I will never forgive her. There are, this is like this is like artist's way shit. Like in that first in those first couple chapters, you, you've you've read artist's way, right? I have not. She like tells you in like the first couple chapters, like you need to like, you need to put your not don't put them on blast, but you need to like in your mind like truly like write down the people who like made you feel fucking worthless in a creative way. Like your cre- the creative people who like told you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. And like just like cross them, cross them, cross them out in your mind because it's like you don't have to forgive them. You don't have to like validate anything that they said about you because they were fully wrong. Like that is Miss Wood to me. Yeah. And it's I will say like. First of all, that is so fucked up. Whatever. The, did you, the, the, the did you goes, end up? Did you end up? Yes, doing I ended it? up doing it, and then I, and then like I got a fucking scholarship through the Mormon Church because it was Denver's uh, Utah, Jason, right, big right. Mormon population there. So the Church of Latter Day Saints gave me a scholarship that um, Mr. Grant, the choir teacher, nominated me for because I had like risen above and like. <laughs> so how much was the grant for? Like five hundred dollars. I bought me like one textbook. You know, it was like whatever. It was, that was just like a, a silly scholarship that I got to put but on my still. application. But still. Whatever, it's not worth. It. I'm just like, I'm just like, I just find it so funny looking back now. Like, even talk, I haven't talked about this in a while, um, but it's just so. Is she still working at your school? I, I think she's retired. I think she's like living a groovy life. I hope somewhere, like just like chilling out. Like, I don't, I don't wish her any misfortune, but I go like, I, I, I go, you fucking like. I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm not the only kid she did this with for sure. No, I mean it is like a true psychological mistreatment. Yes. <laughs> and it's also like, I don't know. I have really big issues with anyone hindering such young people from pursuing any dream. Because here's the reality. Yes. When you're out of high school, when you're out of college, if you don't go to college, whatever it is, the real world quote unquote Hell. will fuck you <laughs> in your fucking ass butt face. dick and pussy honey yes. okay every hole every hole why do we need this in these institutions we don't at frankly that, at that age there's no reason and like i guess i sympathize with these people on some level it's like you can't like give out parts to everybody no of course there's a reality to things yes, right yes. like i understand why you know when you try out for a sports team or when you try out for a musical yeah, like yeah. that framework of being like okay like hard work uh-huh. can pay off and get you on a team or get you yes. in a show yes. or whatever it is what i don't like is this woman literally telling me yes. you don't have what it takes yes yeah that's that is yeah I completely agree. I'm, I've always zeroed in on that moment. Yes, being like that's the, I don't I, I didn't mind being the chorus member. No, or doing like you know like the, the grunt the grunty stuff. No, but like she like literally like went out of her way to say something cruel in front and also yes. humiliate you. Yes, 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 yes. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Um, so, yeah. Like, the world will humiliate us enough. And I don't know. I just like, I think I wish I could go back to my high school self and like protect her more Uh to be like, don't let these people influence your like, your idea of like what it is you contain. Right. But like how you had your math teacher that became your improv Mm -hmm, coach. mm -hmm. I had my one my one person in my high school, yeah. Bill George, Bill. my bio, my my uh, evolutionary biology teacher. Hot. He was the best. He put me. He still, I think, is a teacher at my high school. He we did winter one acts uh-huh. at our school. Oh yeah, we did one acts too. So it was like the fall was the play, the winter was the one acts, the spring, spring was the musical, musical. and yeah. the winter one acts wasn't. Laura didn't oversee those. Yes. So, Mr. Brown didn't oversee those either. So one acts were one acts. My freshman year were the, my first way in, and I had so yeah, much fun. Yeah, yeah, same. Oh so my God. Bill put me. That's he was the one that was like saw any spark inside of me that so, I saw. So myself. Bill was was doing some one acts. Yeah. So oh, I great. did Bill's one act. Then I did my friend Scylla's one act. I did one acts were my time to act. Yes. Because I didn't get into anything else otherwise. One acts were for like the quote unquote like the little people. Yeah. In drama club. One acts was for I'm the star of the high school um high school fall play and the spring musical and the one act section when I take time off to put myself on vocal rest. It was oh for the, my It was for God. those girlies. You know what I mean? Those girls. And look, like, those girls ended up, like, doing okay. But I remember, like, there was yeah, such Yeah, they're a- all, like, working in HR. Well, you know... <laughs> I'm kidding. One of them was is this girl, Megan Conley, and I think she's, like, doing stuff on Broadway now. Like, and, like, and, and she's doing great. And she was always so, like, but, like she was, like, Miss Wood's favorite. But she was so sweet and she was so hardworking. She deserved all the success. See, the thing that irritates me mm-hmm. of the, you know, not to gender everything, but yeah. like of the women that were in yes, the yes. theater, uh-huh. I am the only one in my class that works in this business. It's And I, I would say that I'm kind of the same. You know? Yeah. And the male counterpart is Patrick Foley. Oh, yeah. And... You know, he was completely adored by Laura. I see, I see. But Laura did torment him as well. Right. But still, like... He got sort of... He got offered stuff. Yeah, but I do notice, like, there is a line of successful male actors to come out of... Ethan Slater was in Uh our high school theater program. Uh Noah Robbins was in our high school Uh theater program. Like there's a line Mm -hmm. of more successful male actors, if you will. Is it because Laura like fucking hates young women? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know a 
yeah, well, there's more. There's more we can chat about Ooh, offline. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's yeah. it's just crazy. I mean, oh God, I don't I don't really keep up with anybody from high school anymore, which kind of makes me sad. Um, no, that's I feel like that's normal. Like I I, I keep up with Patrick. That's literally my right. one friend from high school. But I it would be normal if I had one. I don't even have one. It's so crazy. Did were you close with anyone in your high school? Yeah, I was or? close with plenty of people. Um, a lot of people in the improv group. Yeah, that ended up being like the inner circle. Yeah. Um. There's this one girl, Kayla Sturback, who was one year older than me. She was the one who kind of like introduced me to like all this cool new music, like introduced me to like Sifian Stevens and Elliot Smith. Like she was like indie girl. And like mm-hmm. that's when I got like into like Tegan and Sarah. Tegan and Sarah. Yes, yes, yes. Like the she and I would like come to school. And then, but she would still love like Britney. Mm-hmm. Like she would still like listen to Black. I remember yeah. bringing Black out to school. I was like, we have to listen to this new Britney record even though she's not doing well. Um, <laughs> and because, no, I, I said this before we got on the, yeah. the, the the record. Blackout at the time was not widely. Now, in hindsight, everyone's like, oh, my God, Blackout, what an iconic album. At the time, it was like everyone was trashing on it. Yes. I mean, Sam Taggart might say. Yes. The that, Pinkerton. The Pinkerton, the art pop. The art pop. The Blackout. Absolutely. That is the line. Yeah. And so um, that was. Anyway, I'm getting off track. But Miss Wood, anyway, Miss Wood was Miss Wood. Uh, the Anything Goes thing is kind of the craziest part to me is that, like, she, like, the only reason she decided to, like, extend an olive branch, which she didn't even do. Yeah, which was done. She sicked someone else on right. me, uh, other faculty on me, so that I had to be the one to march down to her fucking basement office and knock on her door and be like, hi, I just want to say, like, I would love to be part of Anything Goes due to, like, based off of Mr. Grant's encouragement. Cause like a part of me was like, I guess I'll like, I guess I, I do it again. I, I miss the musical. I missed, I missed doing it. Well, of it. course, because like when it is something that you want, then you're like, Ugh, I guess I'll just like grit my teeth and bear it. Totally, totally. Were you outside of theater, outside of improv? Were you a good student? I was an okay student. I wasn't great. I wasn't terrible. Like we're, we're averaging like a three, four, three, five I GPA. Think three, three. Wow. Three, 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 four. I wasn't, I wasn't that great. I mean, I was terrible. I, I was in the twos, honey. You were in the twos? Yeah. Who cares? I don't. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> and, but back then that was like my whole life. Yeah. All you would hear every single day from my parents, God bless them, was, well, George Chen has a 4.0. And I'm like, well, I'm, well, George Chen... How did they know George Chen because had a four point oh? Because these fucking Chinese parents—that this is—that's all they talk about. Is their child's GPA? Is their chi- are, are their kids' GPAs? Which, like, I get it. Like, I don't begrudge them of that. That is like a, a, a metric, and like you know, you've made sacrifices to like move your kids to this country. You don't speak the language. Um, you know, what else are you going to connect about? I mean, like the, the thing that you kind of like invest all your energy into is their children, right? And it's their grades and. Um, I was just this weird anomaly. Like it was just like, well, Bowen's gay and Bowen's not doing that well in school and Bowen loves drama and, um, you know, I mean, of course vindicating now, but like back then it was just like really rough to be around. Of course. Yeah, like that kind of ethos of just being like, you suck, you suck, you suck, you're not enough, you're not enough. And like, this is another thing we're unpacking in therapy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I could only imagine what it's like i mean i can't imagine what it must have been like to like be a chinese young man in denver colorado dealing with like 
cultural pressures from your family and then also being in this country and then also being gay and then also like it was probably insanely overwhelming really overwhelming but like i like you know i like it was okay like i was yeah i was fine and like i had i guess denver just feels so brutally white to me it's like it's geographical purgatory. You're literally in the middle of the country. Yeah. It's not like if you grew up on Long Island, let's say like our friend Matt Rogers. Right. You kind of, everyone directionally goes to New York. Right. Or you grew up in the Midwest, you kind of directionally go to Chicago. Right. Or you, you know, on the West Coast, you go to, you know, Seattle or Portland or, or LA yeah. or San Francisco. It's very, it just seems like hard it's not a lot of people not a lot of people from my high school class moved out i would say yeah it's very uh, insular insular it's you know you don't you don't leave there's no like direction for you to go in. it's giving white people with dreadlocks white people with dreads or rich white people who love to ski and there's an overlap there's like an intersection right. of both but like we were not that we didn't have enough money really to ski all the time we would do it like once every couple years right um but yeah growing up in denver if you're like a non-skier snowboarder kind of non-white person who like is kind of a square until they get to high school and then they start like smoking weed um is weird yeah it wasn't hard it was just weird it was just bizarre yeah yeah it's like a it's kind of i mean i always had the sense and obviously for different reasons but i always felt like when i would go to high school every day i would always feel like I am not meant to be here. Oh, I felt that way every single day. Yeah. I would like get there and I'd be like, mm, no, this isn't mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be like, this is not my space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is, I always felt like I was, f- I was meant to be like 47 years old and fabulous, like yes. out on Broadway, like in some gorgeous outfits, smoking cigarettes and drinking cocktails. It's always like, what I felt spiritually totally. I was meant to be doing, like at the Carlisle, you oh know what I God. mean? Well, speaking of 2008 Sex in the City movie, it, yeah, like that coming around, that that movie coming out the summer before I moved to New York, um, and then Gossip Girl was was big at the time, even though I didn't, I didn't watch it. I did not watch High School Musical or Twilight. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> I was not a high school High School Musical was not my was not my culture culture, and that was real culture. Yes. People were obsessed, losing their minds. And High School Musical three was the was the was the first theatrical release. Yeah, yeah. And I was very skeptical of Zac Efron's hotness. Uh-huh. That was not who I. I was more in high school. I was more like obsessed with Heath Ledger, yes, and I was yes. more into like grunge punk like uh-huh. guys like. I was actually I was obsessed with Michael Pitt in high school. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool one. I was like, and and of course I was obsessed with like any because I was so into like indie movies yes, that yes. any kind of like indie movie boy darling, yes, like yes, yes. Kieran Culkin, I loved, uh-huh. and like I of course Paul I loved Dano or Paul something? Dano. No, I loved yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal because of Donnie Darko, yes, of course, like of that shit. My king was Adam Brody at the time. Oh, my God. Because it was just like, oh, he's like hot, funny, smart. Gorgeous. The, the character likes good music. Yeah. Seth likes good music on the OC. Um, yeah. That was I, – I was in this weird – like, I think I was in this, like – I was probably straddling a lot of different lines. Like, I was clicky in the drama club, but, like, people outside of drama club knew me. My sister was really, like, well-known and well-regarded. She was, like, very, like – just like everyone respected her. Mm. 
Um, it's always helpful to have an older sibling that wields power. Of course. Yes. Ab- absolutely. Because then you're kind of a part of like a royal family. <laughs> yeah. You know, in high school. Did you feel that like, with your with your siblings? We all went to different schools. I see. And so you were just coming in with without any sort of... Not only was I coming in like dry, yeah. you know, yeah. I was coming in as a transfer. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. Um, a, an end of year transfer. So hard. End of freshman year transfer. That also went to school part time yeah. and that also worked at a cafe. Like everyone was like, <gasps> Who is this? and there was a rumor going around <laughs> that I like dealt ecstasy, which oh is so God. funny. Um, oh, yeah. my God. So for me, I like, quote unquote, dropped out of high school for like a chunk of time. I wasn't dropped out. I was just like in transition. Yes. yes. We very quickly had to figure out where I was going to go next. I then went to got into my high school at the end of freshman year, uh-huh. but because the boarding school that I went to was on a trimester program, my credits made it so that I was like further ahead uh-huh. than my class. In, because you technically had the credits for each trimester to like push you into yes, because year the hell oh. that is boarding school that makes you go to school on Saturdays ensures that you are like. I mean, going to Choate for that chunk of time mm-hmm. was the most academically rigorous yeah. edu- like education I've ever been put through. Yeah, yeah. The most stressful education I've ever been oh, put God, through. Choate. I mean, it, it, like harder than and like, yeah. you know, I mean, look, I went to Parsons. I went to art school. Very different thing. But like but, the hardest like schooling. Mm-hmm. Of I my life, I, I believe it. I believe it. You probably had it harder. You definitely had it harder than IB, than we did it with IB in, I, so, in some way. Well, I think that like the psychological implications of ripping a child away from their home, putting them in boarding school mm-hmm. when they're fourteen, mm-hmm. and then not only putting them in a very like high pressure academic environment but a high pressure social social environment yeah. socioeconomic yeah. environment like tell yeah it, it's it's crazy i, I can i would liken it to like going to parsons or nyu or going to school in the city but it's not the same because it's like at least like if you go to school in the city in college you can sort of like hide behind you can take cover behind a lot of stuff yeah I don't know why I brought that up. I just I just remember feeling some sort of shock when I went first went to NYU, being like, "Oh my god, this is like okay, there are rich kids, and like, I have never dealt with this before." Um, but I feel like being in being a freshman in high school and dealing with all that, you have no coping mechanisms. No, and also like the the great thing about being in New York, like you're saying, is like you can kind of find your pockets of people and just escape. Yeah. And there are there are a million places you can go and like when you walk in the street you see a million different people Mm -hmm, and you're mm -hmm. exposed to different shit like when you're in fucking like wallingford connecticut when you're 14 you're like well like my family doesn't drive a range rover and like i don't have an american express card when i'm 14 and like I'm not like a powerhouse at lacrosse, so I must be a loser. You know oh. what I mean? Um, okay, I need to know. Sorry, we. Oh my god, it's we're we're already forty five minutes into this podcast, Amazing. and I need to I need to hear your story. My story. Yes. The story. I mean, I was honestly gonna talk about the Miss Wood thing. Oh my god. Okay. The Miss Wood thing, but uh, but, the, but there's there's another story that I that I like to share, which is what happened to me freshman year of high school. Which is R- go really on. quickly. Okay, so end of freshman year. 
the yearbooks go up. I have this friend. Her name is Ashley. I forget her last name. Okay. It doesn't really matter. But Ashley and I had this bit going on all freshman year. Ashley was like a popular girl. It came from a moderately wealthy family. And Ashley had a bit all semester where I was in the closet technically, but like people, like the girls especially could tell what, what was up. And then the bit with her was like, oh yeah, Bowen and I are having sex, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Very like, <laughs> like kind of like what me and Ego Wodum do now. Right. We're just like, yeah, oh, Bowen and I are having sex. It's bad, but we're, you know, doing it. Um, but the yearbooks come out freshman year. And then we sign each other's yearbooks. And I sign in her yearbook. We both sign in each other's yearbooks. Can't wait to fuck this summer. <laughs> I think nothing of it. Yeah. I go to my violin lesson that week. I play violin too. I play violin. Yeah, I did too. I was like fourth chair in, in the school. I wasn't that good. I wasn't that good, but it was Suzuki method, honey. Suzuki, really? Those books with like the little yes, designs on beautiful. them. Yes, oh, beautiful. books. <laughs> you, like, there's like a, a minuet in each one or yes, something. Oh I my loved god. It. I don't know. Oh yes. Wait, wait, have we talked about violin? I don't think so. Okay. Well, that was. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing more. It was just a violin. violin I got like kids. pretty decent at it. My sister was like really into cello. Yeah, did your yeah. sister play string? My sister played violin as well. So my sister was really good at cello. I like loved the violin, but my whole thing uh, was dance. Yes. And then like I was like, well, like I need to leave leave one in the dust. One in the dust and it was violin. I get it. Violin's easy to sort of. But I would love to like play again. Me too. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I come home from my violin lesson and there are like 20 missed calls on the answering machine. The answering machine. I know. I know. We're from that era. We love. I go, oh, that's weird. And then I get another call. Basically, like within minutes of us getting home, my mom like clocks at the answering machine. Goes, oh, that's weird. The same number called us a bunch of times in only a few hours. I wonder what that's about. The same number calls again, and it's this man who's asking for me. I pick up the phone, and it's this menacing, the most menacing voice I've ever heard. Oh no! Of this guy going, I've been sitting by the phone for hours. Because you must know that there are a lot of yangs in the phone book or whatever, something like that. That's like what he opened with. Oh, God. And then he goes, I'm Ashley's stepdad. And I read what you wrote in her yearbook. Oh, my God. And that is the most foul, disgusting, vile thing I've ever seen in my life. Don't you? Uh, you don't know the half of what my relationship with my stepdaughter is, but I'm very protective of her. I might as well be her father. I am her father. Just going on and on and on. And then he goes, and then I was like, um, there's been a misunderstanding. This is all sort of like a fun little joke. But I was also terrified. And I was literally like, he, he thought I was some sexual deviant or something. Or he probably was just like, probably saw the last name and like, I don't know, like felt, felt very like sort of racially violated in some way. Like, I don't fucking know. Um, but then he was like, so tomorrow, the first thing I'm going to do is called the superintendent of the school district. Oh my god! And make sure you get expelled. What for sexual harassment and blah 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 all these things. And I was like, and I was truly shaken to my core. Well, yeah. And because he, because oh, he's he was this big lawyer in this, in the town, I guess. I don't know, whatever. But to like threaten expulsion, yeah, is insane. I guess the conclusion I can draw, but this is true of any place anywhere now. I guess is like. 
Aurora, Colorado was um, a town full of psycho adults, truly unhinged adults who terrorized children. I will <laughs> say, I think that like more adults terrorize children than we think. Oh my goodness. Like, because I, in my high school time, was also terrorized by adults. Yeah. And now I'm just kind of, well, now I understand my mom did not fuck with anyone's parents. My mom was like, I'm not doing PTA. Ooh, I'm not no. doing any of that shit. I don't need to be friends with any of these people. And now I kind of get it. I get it. it. My, my parents, too, like the only adult friends, the only like they didn't have any sort of, they never, they never made friends with the other parents. Yeah. I mean, for like language barrier reasons, but but also because like they were like, I don't fucking know about yeah, any no. Of this. And so, I don't know. Just the adults. The adults are like so fucking whack. Adults can be the. I mean, obviously, but like adults, to, stranger adults to children, like other people's parents, yeah. can be fucking insane. Even the millennial to boomer relationship is like fucked up. Oh yeah, it's I don't so trust fucked any up. of those. No, people. no, 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 absolutely. Not to be not. ageist, but I'm like y'all are fucking No, I'm abs- I'm I'm famously ageist. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Famously ageist. I've known this about you. Yeah. No, me too. And then like but I'm saying it's always like boomers versus Gen Z, but it's like no, millennials versus boomers is like the original sort of No, like, I think millennial versus boomer is kind of the to me it's like you know, Batman versus Dark Knight versus Joker. Versus Joker. Oh, no. Yeah. That is like n- neither of them understand each other. Yeah. We are the bridge. And so we've had to get it from like that side yeah. and sometimes Gen Z. But like boomers like fucking took out all their shit on us before they like knew what was up. But it's also kind of why I'm sussed out by Gen, by, um, Gen Z. X. X. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen X too. Gen X. Oh, no. Gen X is the bridge. That's Gen is. X is the bridge. I feel more solidarity with Gen Z than I do with Gen X, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. I feel more solidarity with, I feel more in common with Gen Z than Gen X. Same. Sometimes with Gen X, like my brother is Gen X and sometimes I'm like, huh? <laughs> and I feel like also if I look musically, cause like yeah. music was such a big part of my high school yes, experience. Yes. These are people that were like actively Indulging in like Dave Matthews culture and like Wilco and like I do love Wilco. Me too, but like kind of this, you can hear it even in like the kind of spirit of the music that was happening at the time. Like kind of this like submission to these people and like this a lot, so much shame. A lot of shame, a lot of shame. I feel like I've done a decent job of like. Uh, sort of exercising that we have to we have to i still have I, I probably have some of it still i'm not totally shameless anyway this is this my, my story is um the end of the story is i was convinced i was gonna get expelled <gasps> i go into the dean's office oh this my god dean rasmussen who was this like fucking butch icon <laughs> good i was gonna say like, were they good well she was no she was awful Oh. She was awful. She's like the one lesbian who's like come after try to ruin my life. Um, she was but she was otherwise like politically great. Like she like Wait, why did she try and ruin your life? Pre- because she was like kind of kind of got spooked by this guy, by this by by Ashley's stepdad and was like this is very serious. Oh. We're not going to expel you, but we are we are going to suspend you for 5 days, which was the which <gasps> was like the max 
number of suspension days. So you got suspended? Well, were you like, were you like Ashley wrote it in my yearbook too? Yeah. And then Ashley, and then Ashley the next day was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, whatever. Can you tell your dad that he's your stepdad that he's fucking cuckoo? Can you tell your stepdad that he's a fucking loser for even taking the time to look exactly. through your yearbook? Like, doesn't he have fucking like actual law cases to like work on has he ever heard of playboy magazine honey girl (laughs) fap fap (laughs) fucking no fap dumbass he and then and then um i got suspended for five days and then i had to in on my college applications i remember like three years later having to like because they ask you like yeah have you ever been suspended they would always on, on all of those applications be like yes for sexual harassment and I would I would just have to explain it in all of these ways and have to like sort of laugh it off because it was just kind of a joke it was not like a real thing but it was just like and I'm like I I get I I think it worked because I got into like schools and stuff but I was just like this I was convinced as a freshman that this was going to ruin my chances at college oh of course I mean there are so many feelings that you have during this time where you're like this is going to ruin the rest of my life yeah yeah. Like I had shit go down my senior year where I was like, this is going to ruin my life. Yeah, totally. Where I was they, like, they put that fear in you for no good reason. The adults in high school who, who are just like, this is going to alter the trajectory of your entire life. I think like part of it's like the scared straight mentality. You know what I mean? Where they're like, well, if we just traumatize them, then obviously they won't fuck up because they don't want to fuck up the rest of their life. But it's like... The pressure becomes so overwhelming. Like that, it's 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 should be illegal. It should scared straight should be illegal. (laughs) It's but I get no. I know. I completely agree with what you're saying. It's like Adrian Holguin. I there was never any sort of like I I never like got into it with him. We never like saw differently on things. Like I always like respected and quote unquote I guess obeyed him. Like yeah, there was no like need for that kind of like Machiavellian no. bullshit with no. him and like and that's why I still like have a good relationship with him now and like he's kind of the reason I like started like I like wanted to work in like comedy and like you know and, developed and, a passion and think it for would be it. fun and think it would be fun and yeah. I was like oh and I can also like be like I can also like math and science at the same time like right. he does like he was really like this model of like not a renaissance man, but someone who like was like well, someone that's multidimensional, multidimensional, and like wasn't all about one thing. And I was like, I can be like that, yeah. And I feel like he's, I love him so much. That's beautiful. So like, he's like kind of like he's the thing that rounds out all the bullshit of high school to me. Is like I'm like someone who like truly affected my life in like a, a, a positive way. way. Yeah. Well, speaking of bullshit of high school, we just entered. <gasps> The high school guidance counselor's office. And it's me, your high school guidance counselor. Hi. Hi, step into my office. Can I get you a pretzel or an apple juice? Miss Osaki, you you normally have Jolly Ranchers. Oh, I can get you a Jolly Rancher, of course. Can you get me the new blueberry flavor Jolly Rancher that's new as of 2006? Yes, I can. (laughs) Thank you. Um... So, you know, in this section of the pod, we love to kind of work out Mm -hmm. some shit, which I feel like we've been doing all episodes. I kind of, because I I came in sort of like collapsing all three of these. And and we love a collapsed episode. But is there anything further you would like to get off your chest or do you feel cleansed? Some people can just come on and say, you know what? I just feel cleansed. I feel pretty baptized in like that reality of high school. I'm trying to think like... It sounds like you 
like, and this is a question that I ask sometimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you, and it's, I think the answer is yes, but like, do you feel like, well, of course it's yes, because you just said that you were talking about it with your therapist, mm-hmm. but like this time of your life really like influenced and informed certain aspects of who you are today? Or do you feel like, uh, oh, that was just that time. That was just me then like by like totally different person. It's so funny because up until like a few weeks ago, I would have said it's all rearview mirror. I like um, was a completely different person back then. It has no bearing on who I am today, but it's this recent development in therapy where we're like, no, let's go back and revisit that because there's a reason why you like don't like to talk about it or there's a reason like you don't, there's a reason why you don't think about it. And I think it has all of these tie-ins to shit that I go through now where like I kind of sometimes will care too much about what people think and then other times not care at all also in a very alarming extreme way Mm -hmm. like where is that coming from and like this like sense of rejection that like all people who like go into showbiz kind of carry with them um from from different places in their lives I'm like where is that coming from for me and I think it doesn't have that much to do with my parents but it more so has to do with like that specific time in in my life, which was high school and the people I had to deal with in high school outside of like the family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but maybe there's one trauma which has to do with my sister. And I think I need to talk to her about this, but I, I guess I'm doing it on the pod now. Um, but she, I don't know, we have talked about this where she and her best friend Rohini, they were like the superstar students. Everyone loved them. Um, and they headed the Lincoln Douglas debate section of the speech and debate club. Mm-hmm. And like all of like the cool, smart people were in that. And it was mostly girls. Um, and they all paired up. But there was an odd number of people and I was the only boy. So I had no partner. And then that was when Yang and Rohini had to like pull me aside and be like, we don't really have a place for you here you should go to this other place extemporaneous debate because it's just this one girl who has no who it's just this one senior who has no one work who, like is coaching nobody and it was this like style of the debate that I had no interest in which was like pouring over newspaper clippings and like having to improvise like a speech about some bullshit topic oh god it was just like the most unappealing thing and like it was my sister and my and and, and her friend being like you should go you should go elsewhere you should go elsewhere so it was like another moment of like rejection that i think like i've recently excavated through therapy to like kind of like process and like mull over but that was hard and i think like i think i let it like really affect the way my sister and i related to each other for a while yeah well i'm here to tell you that we're going to release that trauma okay and I am someone that feels similarly um, impacted by continuous rejection at Mm -hmm. such a young age, which can lead to things such as, but not limited to, imposter syndrome and worthlessness and doomsday mentality, thinking nothing will ever work out, thinking you'll never be seen. So I do, in fact, feel you. Yes. But... As your guidance counselor, I am here to say that all of these things, we have to let bygones be bygones. Absolutely. And we must say, these things hold no power over me anymore. And these things are not my truth. And mm. I'm going to live in my light that is meant to be mine. Thank you so much. I, ex- I receive that. So 
take your Jolly Rancher and be on your merry old way. Thank you, bitch. <laughs> Slay. I wish I could say that to my guidance counselor. <laughs> um, if you could go back in time and give yourself any advice, mm-hmm. what would that little advice be? I would say... Don't like leave leave school every now and then. Don't stay too because I think especially in drama club, you like would fetishize like staying in the building late at night. Yeah, and like yeah, I literally right? Meg said the same thing. Yeah. Oh, really? Like it's it's and it was my. I talked about it with Patrick too. It's like uh-huh. the drama kids always stayed at school stayed. until like eleven p.m. I was like, I don't even know if it was open that late. I know, like, I know, and like. Not to bring like work into this, but like I feel like sometimes I feel that way about SNL where I'm like, well, I'm staying really late. Well, because there's something <laughs> about us thinking it's like being in the library. It like shows that you're like committed. Yes, and it's exactly. like and it's like, yeah, you know what? I will be here until the crack of dawn because I am so committed to this. It's discipline theater. Yeah. It's discipline porn. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think I don't think even now, especially now, I need to kind of like talk myself out of that but definitely back then I was like there's no real reason for you to do this no <laughs> you, you, you just need to like I don't know maybe after freshman year after the suspension I felt like I really needed to like prove prove and like kind of offset that on my record so that I could like be like I could viably go to college um because that was the end game it was like moving somewhere else and like thank god it was New York but um yeah the advice is just to like not stay at school for the, as much and like go downtown go to like go to like bookstores and like just like just like go outside of your little parameters in high school because they are just so limiting especially in a place like Aurora did you drink in high school not really were, like, were, were people partying people were partying I would like god like three times a year like tag along with someone with like an, a, a way cooler kid than me and like take shots at like some someone's house party and yeah then, like think wow that's so crazy um <laughs> but no not really did you go to prom I went to prom. What'd you wear? I wore my my junior prom. I wore a red red tie, red vest, black tux, and then senior year I wore really chic. What'd you wear? Maroon. Wow. I, I looked really good in like maroon. It was like maroon purple. But mm. like it was like really like I would wear it today. Gorgeous. Like really chic colors. Did you have a relationship in high school? No, none. No smooching, no, 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 no nothing. No nothing. That's cute. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, I still get in my head a little bit where I'm like, oh, I didn't really have. Like, I was listening to like just to like get in like that zone for you today. Like, was listening to songs from two thousand eight, all about like love and shit that like I was. I thought I related to so hard, and I'm like, I had no context for this. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what it was like well, to be in like a teenage ro- romance, you know. But you feel, but you, but by proxy, you feel the angst. Totally. And you also know what it's like to be horny. Of course. So I think a lot of it too is like being horny. Yeah. And having the primal and like carnal yeah. urges to fuck. Totally. And then by proxy, <laughs> hearing the music yes. and being like. This is, this is about it. me. Yeah. Well, it was, you know what it was? It was like literally listening to like the OC soundtrack and f- experiencing love and relationships through those characters. And it's in, t- I mean, like what, sometimes when I listen to that soundtrack, I will sob. I will sob per- as if I was Ben McKenzie. Yeah. No, there's certain music. Like when I, when I listen to Sufjan, like oh. I know that Sufjan is like Sabo music, but like 
I I will sob. Cry. Yeah. And if I listen to, I mean, like Elliot Smith. Elliot. Like, well, Elliot Smith is like king, king, sad king man. King, sad. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember yeah. when Elliot Smith died. died. Yeah. Some people didn't come to school. Oh my god! Out of like respect for him dying. Wow. And I knew this one girl, Rosie, who was just she didn't she didn't go to my high school. She went to another high school, but she was fucking devastated. Yeah, that's oh, I devastated. I miss that. I miss that era, just for like the. I'm misusing the word, but like the emo aspect of it. Like oh, sometimes. You know, what I crave is just feeling feelings so fully that now, you know, we're all just like, I'm kind of like, if I feel this way at this age, I'm not going to feel fucking anything by the time I'm like, (laughs) I'm like 70. I do kind of feel like a little numb. I'm just like, oh, okay. But if I could do it all over again, I literally would be emo. I would want to be an emo kid. If I could do it all over again, I mean, I wasn't, I, I, I feel that I was very emo at times, mm-hmm. but I also feel that I was also like putting up a lot of walls to like mm-hmm. act very cool and mysterious, mm-hmm. you know? So I also listened to like a lot of rap music. Yeah, yeah. Um, But if I could do it all over again, I think I would say don't be in high school relationships. Oh, sure. Oh, that's refreshing. Because oh I, I always feel like I missed out. I really no, no, do. no, no, no. I think that you got the better end of it mm. because it it takes you out of it. Interesting. And it also doesn't let you when you're busy like planning your life with yeah, your high yeah. school boyfriend. Oh yeah, that's tough. And my mom would always be like, "You gotta stop this. <laughs> like you break." up you know but when you're young and you're like this is the love of my life like you don't understand it's it's crazy everything's so heightened yeah an absolute and like if you survive and if you like gain perspective that's the best thing that can happen if you remain in that perspective then good luck good luck Luck. i remember this so clearly uh it was not my it was it was the graduating class two years above me or one year above me I remember going to some graduation thing and like one of the parents was talking to this guy whose graduation party it was and they were talking about going to college and how excited they were and then this parent goes, well, they're the best years of your life. Even back then I was like, that can't be true for me. See, I feel lucky that I never had a parent like that. Oh, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. It was always like, it's it's about what happens after college. It's about what happens after college. That, That is such a dark mindset to be like, well, college is like where, where you peak. You want to know what my mom used to say to me? Because I I just had a tough time with like Mm -hmm. bullying and just shitty people. Yeah. My mom would always say they're all just lemmings running off the same cliff. Oh, that's good. And I like I say that to myself still. Oh, that's I'm going to start using that. Yeah. They're all just lemmings lemmings running running off off the the same same cliff. cliff. Damn. (laughs) It hits. It hits. (laughs) Even at 31. Yeah, it does. Damn. Um, God, and I got to know, you know, what was your senior superlative, Bowen? Well, you know this. I know I, this. I feel like The I, world knows this. It's, I think um, it's documented in it's some It's documented. Fashion. I think it's, I think it could even be documented on when you were sitting on someone's late night couch. It, yes. Um, I got 
But I always say that this was their, this is my school's fancy way of like doing like funniest or like pr- instead of funniest or like prettiest or whatever, it was like most likely to be on the cover of Vogue. Right. And it was like most likely to um, be in Mensa. It was like the smart, like the, the right. smartest kid. And so for funniest, it was most likely to be on SNL. Which is so interesting to me that you got funniest because from from the picture that you're painting, like I can't envision you being like the class clown. But I guess you got funniest. I was. No, I was. You were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, but like the, the improv. By the time I got into I was the, improv, say the group, improv group, that was when like I like that was my identity cemented. You like stepped into your life. Yes, and I was like, I'm being validated externally by this like other thing outside of like extracurricular thing. And that way I can go into like I remember going into school and my my version of like wearing like, you know, the cheerleading costume right. or um the cheerleading outfit or like the the football jersey was on show on show nights, coming walking to school in like our little polos for Cute. the improv group. They were chic polos. It was a black polo with red lettering. What did it what did it say? Spontaneous combustion, but like in like cool lettering. Cool. Hand lettering. It looks it looks kind of cool. Do you still have? I still I still have a hoodie, the hoodie in my apartment. Cute. Um, but you would come in and then people would be like, "Hey, Bowen, I'm coming to the show tonight." That's cute. And so like I experienced like a little a little taste of that. The flicker. The flicker of like, oh yeah, I'm performing tonight. Come see me. The flicker of high school fame. The flicker of high school fame. And so that was like my power. Yeah. And I only found that in like the latter half of high school, but I was I was like owning it, being like, I'm I'm funny. Good. Which like I honestly like believed it more back then than I do now, probably. Well. So whatever. They were right. They were <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, but that was that was it. And, and it is very funny and poetic, but like and 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 kismity, but I'm but I, but it was I, what I must tell everybody, the big asterisk on this is that it was just the high school's version, the f- the funny, clever way of them saying. But like, and they the also class had clown. someone like most likely to be an anchor on MSNBC. Exactly. And now no, truly. <laughs> yeah. And now they are. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's. I mean, my mind did like burns of people was kind of what they oh, did. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like it made no sense. That's that's not okay. I know it's all such shit. I remember so. You have to be so nice to high school students. I know. I it's know. It's too fragile a time. It's exactly. It's like too, too fragile. Oof. So this is a little note for all the teachers out there. Actually, I will say some of my classmates, that's what I call my listeners, um, have DM me. I had one beautiful guidance counselor oh, DM wonderful. me. Um, I do have some teachers that listen and I applaud you. And I do think... Going back to the separation between boomers and us, I do think that like the Gen Xers and millennials are now the teachers. And that has to give me some some, uh, hope. Hope because we were kind of raised more in the vein of being like, hmm, maybe like getting bullied, like isn't just going to toughen you up. Like maybe it just shouldn't happen. Like, so we have to have hope. Thank you, guidance counselors and teachers. No, truly. Yeah, hundred percent. God, it's a, it's such a hard job. Hardest. I I truly think that being a school guidance counselor is like oh. really hard because when you do have the few students that need you, like I dumped so you. much shit on my high school yeah. guidance counselor. Damn. Damn. Bowen. Greta. You know, I know that all the listeners in my pod absolutely know where to find you. They can find me. 
<laughs> they can find you. I don't know what I'm saying. Yes. They can find you. They can watch you. They can hear you. They can hear me. And please get in touch. Get in touch, darling. Get in touch. No, I, w- I would love to act. No, this is like a specific entry point. Like I- I'm very down to talk about like if anyone is responding to anything yeah. uh, about my high school experience. Yeah. Please reach out. Reach out. Slide in. Slide in. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, and you know, as always, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Please, uh, give me five stars and a positive review because I only take positive feedback because this is a free service. Therefore, <laughs> you cannot give me negative feedback. <laughs> and, um, I love you all so much. And you know what we say on the pod every week, stay cool, never change. Until next time. Ta-ta. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>